You are listening to the Rolling Tape Podcast, and this is Gabe Lilienthal's interview with Sierra Whaley, the costume designer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I ain't even seen nothing. I'm not even seeing anything right now. Think you hold the lead and you have a fit to aim. Stop. Stop! This is not our war. Optimus, we must trust each other to protect the home we all share. How big can this guy be? Uh, he eats planets. So, like, way bigger than a planet. Everything you cared for will be consumed. Maybe there's another way to save our home. You've never faced anything like this. Let them come. My name is Gabe, and I'm a member of the Rolling Tape, and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Sierra Whaley to uh, the interview podcast today. Um, we're here to talk about Transformers Rise of the Beast a little bit, and also a little bit of background of your experience as well, because I think you've had a fascinating career so far, and I'd love to delve into that a little bit Um and we'll certainly get into Transformers as well uh, as we move a little forward in the conversation. But first and foremost, as somebody with a wife and child, I have to ask what it's like to work so frequently and uh, collaborate so often with your partner, because I, I feel like that can both be uh, a wonderful benefit 
to the work, but can also be a little bit <laughs> challenging as well, because you kind of have to bring that home with you sometimes. I'd love to know what that dynamic has been like for you. Man, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's wonderful at times and other times we're kind of like side eyeing each other at lunch. Like, <laughs> um, no, but to be honest, it's been wonderful for us. I mean, we um, we've been together since we were 15 years old. And when he started making his first short films back in undergrad, I, I kind of was always on the fashion track. So I just naturally mm. did all his undergrad films before I even knew that was a job. I was just like, oh, you need um, a shirt and necklace for this. I can shop for that. What is that? Um, that's when we were in Ohio. Um, so it's kind of always been us in that way. Mm. And when we started doing feature films. It felt like more of the same, um, except there was now a budget that we can work off of. And I noticed that it helps so much um, just because I'm there in the development phase. So even though, you know, I'm his wife, whenever we're working together, I don't get as much face time with him as some of the other department heads. Mm. And I don't need to because I've been there from day one. And I'm like, OK, I know what he's looking for. We've talked about this a million times. I've heard all these phone conversations. It, it sort of gives me a, a little bit of a boost. Um, and yeah. I'm able to divulge to my team what he's looking for. And again, something like Transformers, we were shooting that in Montreal and we we're trying to bring out 1994 Brooklyn. They have no idea the subtleties of that and what that mm. means. And thankfully, I had that kind of inside track with him that helped me big time on something like this. Yeah, that's great. And and that work and that intention co comes together so clearly in the film. I think it's really one of the, the great high points is the way you and your team were able to to recreate that time period. Thank and you. yeah, so 100 percent props to, to you and the rest of your team. Uh, I'm curious when you're not working uh, with Stephen on a project, does do you approach your your work differently i'm curious to see what the the differences are in terms of how you how you approach these projects oh you know what i noticed um i noticed that i'm always looking for a backstory of characters if it's not mm. on the script I, I think because i hear him so much in his development process when he's taking something on when i meet another director um before i even meet them i put together a sort of visual lookbook of what i think that i'm feeling from their script and if the it's not initially clear what the backstory is, I'm creating one in my head just to sort of help me give motivations to, you know, why I'm feeling this color palette or these sort of prints and textures for this character. I feel that, you know, hearing his inside uh, scoop on everything has strengthened me as a designer when I'm meeting people that I've never met before. I think I'm thinking in, in different terms um, that all costume designers think of, but maybe not for that initial meeting. I'm just sort of like, OK, what's this? What's the motivation of this character? Where's this going to be? So I approach it the same. It's just I feel like I have to give it all I got for that first meeting, because in my head, I'm like oh, first meeting because in my head, I'm like, oh, knows me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's something that could work to my like detriment if I'm not careful, because I'm so used to working with teams that know me well that um, I feel like I have to put everything on that page so I don't leave anything inside my brain like I do sometimes with Steven. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's that's great advice for for anyone in any department is when you when you get that first opportunity to to just flush things out as much as physically possible so that there's no room for 
for any misinterpretation or confusion or anything like that. And uh, is, is it true that that you do? I, I know your mentor uh, was a very big proponent of this, but it, um, do you also carry on the tradition of sort of hand drawing a lot of the designs? Uh, I don't do all of the designs. What I do is I I will put the pencil to paper when it comes to breaking down the script costume wise. That's sort of what Mimi imparted to me. Everything with her is just like, get that pencil out. Let's break this down line by line. And she's an amazing illustrator. Me, myself, just the way projects come to me, I often don't have the time to sort of divulge, you know, get into all of the, the illustrating. But thankfully, I've met some really wonderful illustrators that have been able to bring my like vision to life. Um there's someone, Beryl, we met um, on Transformers and Justina's son did a lot of the stuff for Transformers for me. Funny, funny enough, we both had our um, costume guilds introductory Zoom because it was still during the times of COVID. We both had that on the same call. And I made a note in my head like, OK, the next big project, I'm going to reach out to her. Mm. This is the first illustrator I'm ever seeing. <laughs> and so as soon as I got that call for Transformers, she was my next email. I'm like, hey. I'm going to have these really cool product like concepts. Um, we're doing 90s. Will you be able to work with me on this? And I feel really lucky to be able to collaborate in that way. And also just to bring other people on the team because um, you really can't do it yourself. And if you have the knack for it, man, I applaud you. But I just like <laughs> the way my mind is set up now. And I just also had a, a baby. She's about three months now. Oh, congrats. So, thank you. Time is so precious. And if you're able to kind of spread the love, I love to spread the love. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. I, I have a little one at home as well. So I, I totally feel that uh, that sentiment. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure time works in such a, a crazy way when you're working on a project of the of this scale. Was the the pre-production process, did it feel any shorter, or any longer than uh, than your previous experience? You know what? It felt shorter. Partly because we were still on the back end of COVID when, mm. you know, going to, to Canada to film, it was very strict still. So everyone had to come out and do a mandatory two week. Um, it felt like months. We had to do a quarantine <laughs> in our hotels. <laughs> um, so there really was no flying out anyone ahead of time. It was let's get these actors here at the last possible minute. And then they have to do their two week quarantine and I thankfully was able to go to their hotels and do our initial fittings where we weren't allowed to touch. Mm. It was just like, hey, here's your rack. Can you put this on? That mm. made it feel long in a way, but it, it really wasn't. It was sort of just hit the ground running um, because we had all that stuff in Peru that was happening that I wasn't able to fly out ahead of time and get things situated. So oh, my wow. very first day in Montreal, it was like, all right, let's get this research going. How many extras are we allowed to have? Mm. Um it felt it honestly was short, but in my mindset, I think the quarantine made everything longer. Yeah, I think that that can be said of that whole time period in general. <laughs> everything just felt a hundred times longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm curious also how much um actors influence the the decisions of uh, of their wardrobes. Do you I'm, I'm sure you come into it with plenty uh, of options for them. Like you said, the whole rack uh, worth of options there is uh, how much do the the actors kind of put in their input and, and how much changes depending on what they're said, if anything. Oh, my gosh, they bring so much input and I'm always down to 
for that collaboration. I think that's mm. what I enjoy the most. Honestly, it's it's what I'm bringing to the table, but then what I'm able to pull from the actors and the director, um, they bring the magic. I mean, myself and the director, we've had so many conversations on what we plan to do. And I also leave a big like margin for the actors to come in because they're the ones that have to wear these clothes. They have to feel it. Um, and if they're not feeling it, it's going to show instantly. I mean, you know, mm. you never want your actor to be like, oh, God, we have to hold this because these pants aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> you just instantly want them to get into that character right away. And I, they're my big inspiration. Um, you know, reading something like Transformers in my head, I, I'm knowing what I, I want to do. I'm like, OK, this is the 90s. This is cool. But who's going to be wearing these clothes? Um, like someone like Anthony Ramos, he, he looks a certain way. He can really pull off any look. Um, so thankfully him and Dominique, it was like, it was mm. too fun in our fittings, <laughs> but the, the challenge I was having was since nineties is such making such a comeback, things looked a little bit too modern on them. So you're, you have to look at your actor and say, all right, well, what can they pull off? Maybe we can't take it all the way to 1994, um, this specific street in Brooklyn, but maybe we can bring it back a little bit, not just to generalize it. So we never take audiences out of the film, but it's really what they can carry. Right. And, and I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak, speak for you, but I feel like that's such a hard line to draw sometimes where you really want to have this, this like fun, expressive wardrobe for the character that like really exudes, exudes what, who they are, but at the same time, you don't want it to, to pop too much. So it becomes distracting. And especially for the nineties where, and certainly as you can tell in the film, the, that color is such an important piece of the main characters' wardrobes and and their sense of expression, um, so I I definitely want to to ask about sort of that line, you know, where like, what the extents were in your head about how is this too loud? Is this too quiet? Is this just right? You know that that classic <laughs> uh, situation. I mean, for us, um, I'll, I'll give you an example for Anthony. Uh, he's in all of those scenes, he has so many with the Autobots that if we ever were to put really heavy logos that the nineties had for the urban culture, it was a lot of just big logos and brand names across the chest. We wanted a little bit of that just to bring you into that time period. But during our test screening, it was just not going to work. I'm like, the audience is going to be thinking too much about what's he wearing. This feels odd. He's in the jungles of Peru wearing this color block <laughs> logoed mm -hmm. outfit. I never once wanted to date the piece, even though it is already dated. But once you guys get into the Peru scenes, I just wanted you to be along for the ride. I didn't want you to anymore have to worry about, okay, what time period am I in? And why are there no cell phones? Like I just wanted you to, <laughs> to sort of be taken up into the journey. And that's where I realized that, all right, Anthony can't wear these. Let's, let's see if we can pull in those nineties basics, which a lot of the brands were doing also at that time. Um, but there was one thing I really wanted to put in the movie. It was a sort of utility vests since utility mm. wear was kind of a thing, especially in urban culture back then, uh, just sort of military esque inspired. It looks so cool on him. I'm like, <laughs> this is an adventure film. He needs some adventure. And we just went back and forth down to like the very first day of filming on whether or not he was going to wear this vest in the jungle. And ultimately, uh, we decided against it just because it felt almost too much of a 
character at that point. It was mm. like, oh, is he an act? Is he a, a GI Joe guy? No. And we don't <laughs> want to make him that. <laughs> um, and for Dominique, I mean, you know, it's just, I don't even know. I think I lost myself now. <laughs> what was that question again? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm curious with, uh, with Dominique sort of what, what you were trying to, to get out of the, um, the wardrobe that she has. Cause I, cause I think it does differ depending on when they're in, in New York or whether they're in Peru. I feel like, uh, I, I think I might've read somewhere that, uh, that the, the red jacket that she was wearing was incredibly important for that, for that latter half of the film. And I would just love to hear a little more about that sort of, uh, um, the New York sequence of it and the, and the Peru piece of it as well. Okay. Yeah. So for Dominique, um, we knew instantly we wanted to make her feel a little bit more fashionable, a little more nineties. She doesn't have a lot of money, but she still puts all her effort into still dressing up like any woman would even today. So we went with the suspenders. We went with the choker. I pulled a lot of inspiration from the Hillary Banks character from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for Mm -hmm. her. And um, her color palettes, I wanted them to always say New York. Um, That's why we sort of went with the the yellow kids that she has on her feet that you sort of see her kick the door open with. I'm like, all right, yellow taxi of the time period. Let's get that in there. That's great. (laughs) Um, And she's she's smart. You see that her mind is always working. I didn't want to over sexualize her. And she's pretty covered up if you if you compare her to other movies in the 90s. And whenever we went to our Peru half of the story, again, I never wanted to pull the audience out of her storyline, but I was able to bring in that red jacket, which sometimes red is a color that people don't want to see on screen, but somehow it just worked. I knew we were going to be around a lot of lush jungle. We're going to be around, you know, the Machu Picchu ruins. What color is going to make her pop and also bring some of the New York color palette into this? And the jacket saved us. She had a lot of stunts, a lot of action. Mm. Um, it was cold some nights and warm the next. So it wasn't just looking great. It was also really functional. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I think it's a really great mix of of being flexible enough for, for these very intense action pieces, but also um, allows the the character to really come through. Uh, I, th- I think that came came through really well. Um, in terms of the influence, I know, of course, uh, New York '90s fashion is is the piece of of this film. Um, I'm curious w- with a movie that has so many CGI characters that I'm sure, you know, weren't even fully realized <laughs> during filming. You know, I, I'm i sure the, the timeline is crazy for these things. Um, but I'm just curious if those characters, whatever versions were existing at the time, did those influence some of the wardrobe decisions or was it sort of just focused on influence from the real world? It was a lot of influence from the real world. Um, the, with the only, the only thing we had to stay away from was green because there was a lot of green screen <laughs> mm. and some days we had blue screen. So we had to stay away from blue on those days. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was really just pulling it from real life. I mean, um, the, the humans, they're the heart of the movie, but they're also such a small, a small role compared to what fans are expecting from something like Transformers. So it was also always really sensitive. And I think that's why 
we did stay away from heavy branding on Noah and um, Elena's character, just so the Autobots and there's no Decepticons here, but the beasts and the Terracons. So they were able to shine and I didn't want it to Mm. feel funny in that way. So I think that's kind of how they forced our hand a a bit, which ended up working out great. Yeah. And and that's certainly part of the narrative of of these kinds of films is working around the parameters that are, that are sort of set. Um, And and in terms of, you know, I'm sure everybody would ask you at this point, uh, you know, like, what's the difference between working on this film versus working on the, you know, the smaller ones. But (laughs) but I'm more so curious what, what aspects of it that you really enjoyed the most in those differences and, and maybe some of the ones that you didn't enjoy as much. You know what? I enjoyed having an actual budget to hire amazing costume people. (laughs) I mean, usually on any other project I've done before, it's like, Hey, Sierra, it's you and one other person. (laughs) Mm. This was the first time where I had a huge team. Um, And, you know, you can't do anything on your own, but I'm looking back now. I went to go watch the movie again when I came back to LA in theaters and I sat through all the credits and it was so many costume people. It just it made me smile. I mean, I learned so much from each and every one of them. We had a team in Montreal. Uh, we had a team in Peru and I had a one woman team here in LA. She's a costume designer that I've worked with for a very long time. Like we go way back from like way short film days. And she was able to come on as my assistant costume designer in LA. And she was just, man, she was so monumental and just finding certain things for me that I couldn't find in Montreal and being able to just hire her in that way felt so good. And being able to hire Beryl, the illustrator who was also working for LA felt really great. And cause usually, usually you have no budget. And so you're asking for a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of what I enjoyed. Another thing I enjoyed was, I mean, just being out of the country and learning how other filmmakers do things and what's important to them. I found that when I went to Canada to work, I really had to adjust to their schedule in a way. And I think naively when I went out there, I was thinking, oh, they're going to adjust to me. Like I'm out here. I have the ideas. Let's make this work. But it wasn't that at all. And it was, um, I don't know. It was really natural how we sort of all came together, but I really felt like I was an observer in their land and I sort of had to jump on their schedule, which I think at the end of the day rounded me out even more than I was expecting. And I'm really grateful for that experience. Oh, that's great. That's great. And it, considering those, those major differences, uh, I'm, I'm curious, were, were there any moments in, in the, the lifespan of the project that you, that you felt particularly, you know, overwhelmed by the scale of it or, or you felt, you know, like this, this is an unbelievably massive challenge or, or did you kind of invite it and, and enjoy going through those trials? You know, I invited it all uh, reading the script. I, you know, at first it was sort of intimidating. And once I met with the producer, our line producer, Duncan Henderson, who's now passed away, he gave oh. me a, a lot of confidence, like going into it. So, Because when Stephen and I work together, I know I can do the job. He knows I, he, I can do the job. He can always bring me in for an interview, but he can't hire me, which is good. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> but there's always a sort of added pressure. 
where I never want people to think, oh, she just got the job because she's his wife. Mm-hmm. And once I was able to meet with Duncan and um, oh my goodness, Lorenzo and Mark, some of the other producers and John Gonda, it gave me the confidence to to know like, oh, I can do this. And they know I can. And it's not just Steven who's on my team now. I have all of this support. So let's hit the ground running. And after that phase, then it was like, let's break down the script. Oh, it's actually not that many costumes. I've done indie films where it's a different look for every scene. So I'm like, all right. I think with with something like this, you, you sort of see what you can relate to and what you can manage. And you just focus on that. And the rest of the challenges are going to come. I mean, it's the movie world. It's always an obstacle to overcome. But if you focus on what you can do, the rest you'll you'll figure out. Oh, that's great. It must have been such a great feeling to be able to to prove to these producers that, you know, you were fit for the job and, and ready to really tackle it. I'm oh sure I'm sure it must have been like this, this real rush. Yes. It was like, all right, let me go. It's like when you're playing um, like a relay race or something, and you want to be tapped in. You're like, come on, tap me in. And mm-hmm. once you're in, you just zoom down the lane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The. Yeah, the the work that you've done in this film is is really one of the biggest highlights of, of it, and and congratulations so much on on this role. And I really hope that this is the you know the beginning of more great big budget projects to come, so that you can really bring that whole team along again. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> and thank you, thank you so much for uh, spending time with me today, and thank you to the Rolling Tape for. for putting this all together and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, wonderful weekend and best of luck in the future. Thanks so much. Same to you. Enjoy this weekend. Bye.